welcome to Oracle, where you can listen to learn. Oracle is provided by the Innovative Learning and Development Department, and I am your host, Kristen Rasmussen. This podcast is designed to provide education, community, and empowerment to nurses at Baptist Health Louisville. Each episode, we will discuss a department at the hospital and or a topic relevant to our mission of patient-centered care. We will be joined by experts from each department to discuss current practices, challenges, and opportunities we have to learn from each other. Thank you for joining me. And if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Hey friends, welcome back to Oracle. This is Kristen Rasmussen, your host, and I am so excited for our subject today. We're gonna be talking about the IV therapy department. Um, And some of you may know my background does include um, almost four years with the IV therapy department here at Baptist. So uh, this is definitely um, a subject that's near and dear to my heart. And um, I'm very excited to share the ins and outs of it with the rest of the staff here at the hospital. Um, I did get the chance to sit down with Lawrence Burrier, who is the current nurse manager of the IV team. Lauren began her career with us here as a new graduate at Baptist on 5 East, specializing in vascular thoracic nursing. And after six years on that unit, has uh, been promoted to the nurse manager role and has been serving in that role um, as nurse manager for 5 East and the IV team for approximately a year and a few months. And Courtney Blocker, who joined us uh, via phone. So um, she's been on the IV team uh, for over 20 years and is a wonderful resource for our staff and really um, exemplifies how integral our IV therapy department is and how we just couldn't get things done without them. And um, I'm really glad we got a chance to uh, speak with them and let them share what's going on in the IV therapy department. Um, A quick little plug, there is a new SharePoint site for the Vascular Access Committee. And um, this is a new committee that's been formed to champion uh, vascular access needs and concerns. And so if you go to SharePoint uh, homepage, you can just search Vascular Access Committee. And it should be one of the first things that pops up for you there. And that is a um, SharePoint site devoted to all things vascular access. It's got a lot of great information there. There's uh, central line information. There's peripheral IV information. And uh, definitely worth a look if you get a chance. All right, here is my interview with Courtney and Lauren. Okay, welcome, Lauren and Courtney. Thank you all so much for coming. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Um, So we just want to get right to it. Um, And really for those staff who maybe are newer to the organization or just haven't had a lot of interaction with the IB team, let them know what services you all offer. Well, as an IV team, we do assist with peripheral IVs. Uh, We like to focus on the difficult IVs, and we do offer services where 
patients need a different type of vascular access depending on the potency of their medications and the longevity of how they're going to be on how they will be on that medication uh, so we offer midline services uh, pick line services different types of lines when they come into the facility if the staff is unaware of what type of lines they are mm -hmm. and uh, we all work with ports too right yes we do metaports we access metaports uh in most of the areas of the hospital there are a couple areas that do have the credentials to do their own metaport accesses oh yeah that's right um awesome Oh, and you guys do something with epidurals too, right? Uh, yes, occasionally. Um, they will have us pull the epidurals for like the med surge patients. A lot of the kidney patients will have an epidural place for pain management, and they will have us go and uh, DC the epidural. Gotcha. Okay. As long as the anesthesiologist puts it in the order. Gotcha. Well, so what do you think might be the biggest misconception about the IV team here at Baptist? Lauren, you want to take that yeah. one? Um, from my point of view, um, from being in this role of a short time that I have been compared to the members of the team, it seems, um, I would say that a lot of staff think that the IV team have more time available than what they what they do. I don't think they realize how many calls are made um, and how many lines are placed every day um, and how many people we have on staff. So during a shift, um, typically we have two during day shift, we have two IV therapists. Um, occasionally we have a third and then on night shift, there is usually just the one um, IV therapists. And so they are serving the entire hospital, which I think a lot of people do not realize. And um, they think that they're just for the inpatient units, but even the outpatient uh, units utilize their services. Um, and then also that, you know, they're coming in and taking care of these difficult sticks, doing midlines and picks, accessing ports, and all of those procedures can take time depending on the difficulty of um, the patient especially with midlines and picks, I don't think that people realize that it takes about an hour, um, really at the minimum, to place one of those lines. And that's if everything goes perfectly. Um, so they really are serving like such a large volume. Um, and I think that staff don't realize like how much they are like heavily relied upon. Absolutely. So what projects uh, is your department working on right now? Well, um, we're working on several, several things. Currently, we just recently established a vascular access committee um, that is going to work independently of our CLABC committee, which we've had for years. Um, and some of that will overlap, but the vascular access committee will focus on all things vascular access and things like new products, um, new procedures that are available, um, talking about like their workflow, just, you know, all different things that pertain to vascular access. Um, and right now we are, we just started working with a new 
centralized dressing, which I think most of the staff here is already aware about, um, which seems to be really helping with the securement of lines and it's cut down the number of dressing changes that we've had to, um, to do intermittently outside of the seven day mark. And then it has also, knock on wood, mm -hmm. um, we've decreased Clab C rates since we've changed to that dressing. So that's great. We've also just changed to our new peripheral um, IV dressing, which has been a long time coming. We were using the same dressing that we've had for years that was minimally securing um, for the for the peripherals. So I think that's been um, one of two major projects that we've worked on, but we're also constantly looking at other products that are available, what would make the workflow easier. Um, we're working on getting staff um, more comfortable and having the support to learn to place their own peripherals, especially since the patient population has just increasingly gotten, gotten more um, sick and the acuity of the patients are higher and higher every day. And so I think even nurses that do stick their patients are able to place IVs um, sometimes have difficulty troubleshooting on some of those harder sticks. And so we've um, created some programs and some classes, opportunities for staff to go get some practice with um, educator and then shadow with an IV nurse. And then we are also looking into creating a new class for um, peripheral, ultrasound guided peripheral IV placement. Um, and so that's exciting. We're working on getting the funding for that so that not only our IV team can specialize in that, but then we can also train um, some super users and some key departments that have high volume usage, um, like the ED and um, pre-op areas um, to kind of help with that. Wow. You guys are busy <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> um, well, thank you for sharing all that. That's a lot of really cool stuff coming down the line. Um, well, Courtney, I kind of wanted to just get your perspective on this one as an IV nurse that's working, you know, several days a week. What would you say are some of the more um, difficult challenges you run into on a day-to-day -day basis as an IV therapist? Um. Probably miscommunication regarding when they call the pager and leave us a voicemail and they let us know that the patient needs an IV, but they don't let us know that they're either leaving the floor at the present time or that they will be going rather quickly. And then when we show up, the patient's not there. Mm. Um, and also, if we have a patient with a restricted extremity, and sometimes that kind of causes us problems because if they're inexperienced and blow the veins, then we come along and have a little more difficult of a time. Yeah, uh, just being able, having staff being able to recognize what's an appropriate IV therapy call and what's not. Exactly, yes. And I think it comes back to education. Um, prior to being in this position, I was on the floor for six years and I know that in nursing school, you learn about placing IVs, but it's very minimal. Um, and it's more about this, the procedure itself. You don't really learn about um, 
picking a, the, like, the best site for the patient or looking at like the duration of therapy and making sure that, you know, that you're choosing the right line or device for the patient. It's just all about just getting that access. Um, and so even when nurses know how to stick, there's a lot of opportunity for um, education around like if that is even the correct um, or the most appropriate treatment for the patient. Um, just as Courtney was saying, um, when people have restricted extremities, um, sometimes we prefer them to call IV team first because they are already very limited on what um, access they have and you know what viable veins they have. And we definitely want to make sure that we are trying to be consider like you know vein preservation and making sure that we're taking care of what the patient does have left. Um, and I just think that we have an opportunity to educate nurses in general on that um, because you don't really learn that in, in nursing school. And I will say, I know um, one of the topics that's come through our vascular access committee has been um, an algorithm to sort of assist staff in helping um, make that decision on when is appropriate to call the IV team because it's this difficult thing to straddle between encouraging staff to really take on more of the responsibility of um, peripheral IV placement when it's appropriate, but then also to know when to rely on the IV team for those more difficult sticks, like Courtney said, um, was really their, what they would prefer to focus on. Right. Yeah. Again, it's a good, a good, it is a great area for education because without that IV, they can't do their job. Right. And if they stop and think about how important that 1.14 inch catheter is to their day, it's it makes it a little bit bigger of a picture. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. And I think that staff don't even have, um, they, they see a peripheral IV and it's a peripheral IV. They don't realize that there are, I mean, there are different gauges, sure. Um, right. That there are so many different lengths of um, peripherals that can be placed and that we have the ability to place um, them with an ultrasound too and make sure that like we're accessing, you know, not just the superficial veins, but we're actually, you know, getting a, a vein that this device can, um, possibly be used for the whole admission versus something that we get in for a couple of hours or a day and then having to put a new device in. So there's several options and my wish would be that staff um, really utilize IV team as their resource and call them to, you know, bounce things off, yeah, ideas off of them and, or if they're ever in doubt to, you know, call and ask if they should stick or if they come and assess and just kind of help create that collaborative effort and um, educate each other. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, so Courtney, this is one that I was excited to ask you just because we've worked together for a while. Um, and I'm interested to see what you um, have to say. So what things make you feel fulfilled in your role as an IV nurse? And what are maybe some of the good moments that you could share with us? Oh, goodness. I personally have had a lot of good moments. I truly have. I have connected with patients. Um, 
You know, when I walk in a room and a patient goes, oh, I remember you from the last time. I'm so glad to see you again. Or I'm glad it's you. And, you know, or, you know, when they ask how I've been and they're the one laying in the bed, you know, uh, if you have a patient tell you that, you know, that's the best stick they've ever had, that they didn't hardly feel it. You know, that makes you feel good. I've had patients tell me they've waited at home for so long because they didn't want to come to the hospital and have to get stuck. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a, that they've had a bad experience. And that shouldn't, that shouldn't be the beginning of a bad experience if you're talking about your health. Right. So I like to try and make each person that I stick have at least a good moment when it comes to an IV. So... I don't know. It, it, I have lots of good moments throughout the 20 years or so that I've done it. I still keep in touch with some of the patients. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. I get to meet a lot of neat people. I never would have knew there was CIA agents in Louisville or <laughs> you know, FBI division in Louisville or you know somebody that makes a gourmet food somewhere off of an industrial road that is shipped worldwide. You know, it's, you meet a lot of interesting people. Wow. Well, and if any of you all have not had the opportunity to sit with Courtney for even just a few minutes, I need to let you know that she's one of those personalities that you just instantly open up to her. And I think that's true for the patients too. She just puts everybody at ease. And it's one of her greatest qualities, I think. Well, thanks. Okay, well, I know um, you all both have a lot to do. So I just have one more question. I ask this of everybody. Um, If you could tell the staff here at Baptist just one thing, if they could walk away with one thing from this, what would it be? I wish they thought of how important the idea truly was. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. I just, again, kind of circling back to what we already discussed, just the importance um, and benefit of trying to find the correct device and site for the patient initially when the patient's admitted or coming in for a test or um, so that we can get it right the first time and potentially only have to stick that patient once instead of having to go through multiple sticks because Courtney is right. Um, being stuck is a very high, it causes the patients a lot of, a lot of anxiety and a lot, it can cause them discomfort as well. And so um, the IV team, they're experts in their role and they're very, very good at what they do. Um, so just having staff utilize them as a resource um, to help educate and to help, um, you know, treat the patients um, in the quickest and like best way possible. Um, I think that's, that's the goal. That's what we're working towards. Absolutely. Well, I thank you both so very much and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. All right. So that was my interview with Lauren and Courtney. I hope you all enjoyed hearing from them. Um, 
just briefly did want to give a little more information about the classes that Lauren was talking about. Um, this is an offering that we do here through the Innovative Learning Department. Um, you can register for a peripheral IV insertion class through DevelopU. Um, they're offered uh, every other month in 2023. And um, you get an opportunity to learn a lot more about vascular access and to do some practice insertions on some mannequins. So um, if you're interested in that, we would love to have you come and learn more about uh, peripheral IV access. And I hope that you all enjoyed this episode and that you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. is produced by myself and Sarah Woolwine via the Anchor podcast app and is distributed by the Innovative Learning Department. You can listen to Oracle anywhere podcasts are available, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening. And remember, we are not what we know, but what we are willing to learn. Thank you and take care.